Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast for the week of May 9th, 2019. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined as always by Jason from Frozen and Carbonite and Mike Munzenreiter. This week, we're discussing the return of Fallen Footwear and Thrasher's Jake Phelps issue. This week, Chris Cole returned to Fallen Footwear after leaving DC and being shoe sponsorless for a while. The announcement was accompanied by a photo of Chris Cole backside tail sliding a dumpster, which kind of had me wondering if this whole reboot was going to be trash. Um, <laughs> but Barracks released a two-part trajectory series about Fallen's reboot, and that made me a little less skeptical. What do you think about this resurrection of Fallen, Mike? I guess it uh, first and foremost got me thinking about the barracks rates for paid media and advertorials, um, but more on topic, just having like skimmed through those videos to understand the uh, rationale for bringing it back. Like Chris Cole made some interesting points just about it being like an actual like capital S K A T E skate brand. Like uh, there were points about authenticity and uh, just kind of culturally based brands if if that jibes with uh kind of what those guys were saying yeah and seeing all that footage together it made me think of just how uh how much continuity that brand had like you couldn't really tell the difference between like 2004 footage and stuff that came out this decade and that's probably one of the brand's strengths it's timelessness so those good points out of the way like i i'm skeptical of something going away for like less than a year or maybe about a calendar year um, you know, it, it feels like some dude in Argentina, I understand, decided that, you know, there was money left to squeeze out of it. I never really connected with Fallen. Like, it wasn't one of those uh, shoe companies that was carried at a lot of the shops that I'd frequent. I don't think I ever actually saw Ride the Sky all the way through, because wasn't that one of the first videos that was, like, put out part by part? I think I owned the DVD, or I owned it before moving and getting rid of my collection. No, the they, uh, video. yeah, they put it out. It was an actual video. I remember going to the premiere. It was uh, okay. fucking packed, obviously, because Gilbert's from my town. Oh, dude, shout out to Gilbert in Ride the Sky. Shout That's the Gilbert. most memorable part I have. Or, yeah, I know from that video. Good so, part, dude. Yes, it's a good part, part, I'd say. It's a good part. It's, it's it's interesting to see where he started. Anyways, go ahead. Premiere. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Yeah, the three were fucking packed, but uh, fall is kind of like out of left field. Like, first of all, Chris Cole, what's his deal? Like, does is he just like a contest skater now? Are there even like contests? Does he just do like street league and shit? He's announcing contests now. He's announcing contests. Like, Plan mm. B. Like, I assume they're filming. Like, if Plan B's filming for a video, that'd be sick. But he's kind of like been like uh, under the radar for a while, I guess. He's fucking sick like the one time i saw him skate in person he landed literally every trick i saw him attempt like backside not like 360 heels on flat and shit but uh fallen like it's kind of like that uh like fallen's are kind of part of that like starter kit like if you think of one of those starter kits for like like a <laughs> mid like a mid oos like goth kid like you got the fallen's with the purple f whatever model that was like the children of bodum collab whatever the fuck like the sh the shirt with the white with the black stripes you know so dude i don't know maybe they're trying the rocco thing of like doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing but from that video it looks, looks like they have some just like typical like bulk type shit so i don't know yeah i thought the rollout you know it, it is playing to some sort of nostalgia because you know tommy sandoval billy marks chris cole it's like dudes rip 
but they're not exactly like on the cutting edge of, of what's next. And maybe it plays into that continuity that I thought I saw, you know, in all that footage. But yeah, they're not exactly like remaking anything or coming out with new, new shit, shoes or team. Yeah, I think that keeping the team is a good idea at the beginning because it then it feels like the same Fallen. You know, it's not like when Blueprint got sold and then there were all these random people on it and you're <laughs> like, wait, this isn't Blueprint. Like, it says Blueprint, but that's not Blueprint. But with Fallen, it's yeah. like, yeah, Chris Cole, Tom Sandoval, this is Fallen. You know, it doesn't feel like there was an ownership change, even though there was. When I was watching that trajectory and they were showing the ads... I was just like, holy shit, these shoes are all so puffy. Like, they looked, like, inflated. And that, you know, that those kind of silhouettes just don't fly now. And I think that their new, their new shoes are not so puffy, but just, you know, kind of took me back to a time when they were very puffy shoes. Yeah, I mean, yeah I mean, 2003, long-ass time ago <laughs> when it came yeah. out. That was, like, the... Uh the height of like the jumping down stuff era when kids like couldn't really push couldn't skate flat but they get smith grind like a 20 serial or whatever so uh yeah i don't know i don't know if it'll fly now but i mean damn who knows yeah i'm, I'm looking at fallenfootwear.us right now and their silhouettes are slimmed down considerably mostly volk uh silhouettes with looks like one cup sole shoes look decent i'd skate some if they showed up in my house yeah, I mean, I'm I'm terrible. I'm skeptical of a lot of like the the non big mainstream brands just because my feet are beat. You know, like I need a certain level of support or else I can't really do anything. I can't can't do it. But yeah, I guess that's what, what I shoes say do you skate? Are are you a dunk skater? I know Jason, you're a dunk skater, right? Yeah, dunk dunk mids, dunk mids all day, probably until I die. I'll probably just skate dunk mids or and you know dunk highs are pretty similar. Like, pretty much until I die, I guess. Right. And, Mike, what do you skate? Blazers? Uh, I've been doing the Nike Bruin for, uh, oh, like, yeah. 10 years, basically. I mean, it's still Volk, but it's it's a stiffer shoe, and it eventually does turn into Jello or whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, there's whatever Nike does, it doesn't doesn't kill your feet as bad as it could, I feel like. Yeah. You know, I wear Nikes, too. Um, <clears throat> but I tried some propers a while back and they felt great. So I, I don't think that the, the smaller shoe brands are as disadvantaged or as uh, like far from the big brands as people like to say that they are. I just think no, the bigger like, brands I, are, are cooler. No, I back, I back that proper, that proper brand. Cause the guy that does that whole shit he fucking used to work for nike and he designed like the p-rod 3 which is one of the best fucking shoes ever and shit so they know what they're doing over there so those i, I back that brand if you're talking about like a smaller like uh skater owned shoe brand but there's always lakai i guess yeah, yeah. there is always lakai <laughs> i mean i don't think i ever really liked lakai's i had one pair of manchester's and they just weren't quite right for me i was on a rep flow program for a long <laughs> while rep with, flow. you know i i, I got i the got very rep, rep flow oh man let me tell you yeah i skated those for like five six years and went through a number of factory changes and had to change my shoe size because all of a sudden the shoes i used to wear didn't fit like i don't know there were some good lakai days but uh yeah inconsistency was probably there 
their toughest thing. Would you have Jason Lakai wise? Oh damn, dude. Well, uh, dude, I skated a ton of Lakai. Well, I got, first I got like the uh, like the first Mike Carrolls that came out. That like, he skated a lot in uh, Modus with the weird like runner toe. Oh yeah, I had you know some of those. I actually you had a couple like, of Lakais actually. Now that I think like about the it, first first Mike Carrolls that came out, those were sick. And like uh, and those Mike Carrolls that were like kind of uh. Half cab, basically like a half cab ripoff, and there's like Rick Howard's mm-hmm. that were uh, Adidas campus ripoff. So yeah, dude, I skated, I skated uh, my share of the Kai's. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed that first couple rounds of Lakai Vulcan Ishu. Like those all were well done. Do you think that there like is there a place for skater owned shoe brands in today's skate world? It's tough, man. Like, get a place on the shop wall compared to everything else. It's tough. Like, I don't know, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to I mean, land that Zoomies account to make enough shoes to make a profit. I think speaking of proper or your state footwear, are they footwear or state shoes? I feel like it would be a lot more interesting if we could get a new idea. I almost wonder, I mean, between S being brought back from the grave with no discernible team, at least to me, but... uh you know, Fallen coming back, it's almost like Hollywood where, you know, nobody wants to take a risk on new ideas and probably is a sh- more sure bet to rehash a brand that's only been gone for, you know, a dozen months or however long. But yeah, it'd be it'd be way more interesting to get some new brands, some some new directions. That's what I think. But I, it's probably a safer bet to, like you said, to get Fallen and get their riders back and then it just feels like oh we were never gone i'm sure there's going to be some fallen merchandise that says you know since 2003 or whenever they were first founded that's not really going to mention the hiatus that they took am i remembering that video series right like i i I admitted i skimmed it but was there a, a fallen international that never shut down as far as licensing or you know some other arrangement goes it seems that way. They, it was never explicitly said in that Barracks Trajectory series, but it seemed like there might have been a, a fallen brand still breathing somewhere in the world throughout this, this time that it disappeared from the U.S. market. But I got to say, they're, they're coming back strong with, with the addition of Chris Cole and Tommy Sandoval. And like, you know, it feels like a real company, whereas some of these smaller shoe brands, they come in with a smaller team of kind of unknown guys and it just kind of feels, you know, like a garage brand, but Fallen feels like, you know, like a substantial brand that you can trust. You mean like, uh, what's that brand that's like Footprint or whatever, the Joey, like the Joey Brzezinski brand or whatever, like they made insoles and they started making shoes and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That always seems like a weird thing when. A that was weird as shit expands into footwear <laughs> but they keep their same name you know like element made shoes they call them element shoes and habitat oh, God, made shoes dude, called yeah, habitat shoes footwear, I, habitat footwear new york footwear <laughs> fuck out of here there, oh my there's God, enough of a dude. track record where we have proven fuck beyond a scientific doubt that that doesn't work Ugh. right and you see the one board company are Actually, never mind, not the one board company, but the board companies that made shoes and made a different name had much stronger shoe brands. Crail yeah, Tap yeah, you made the tie, and uh, Black Box made Fallen, both way more successful than New York or Element Shoes. Although Element Shoes probably do make them a lot of money. Yeah, I think it was like maybe Tim Tim or one, one of those former Element Shoes guys who, who 
who couldn't put his finger on it, but there's just something weird about like the board brand and then the same name of the brand on the shoes. Like they're just something not, not quite right. A little uh, off-putting about the whole ordeal. Yeah, and it's like you're not going to get any cool new team riders because if I ride for fucking awesome, I'm not going to ride for Element Shoes. <laughs> that would be one. I mean, for a number of reasons, but you can't I ride for two see that happen now. Uh, sorry, wasn't one of their taglines, Rise with the Fallen? Yes. Fallen is now rising. Did we already say that? Sorry. I don't think we already said it, but yeah, Fallen is rising. So I, I guess Chris Cole is rising with the Fallen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, in that video, they, I guess they mentioned that Argentinian guy. Maybe people in South America are still, like, eight years behind, so they're still super into, like, <laughs> jumping down stuff in women's jeans. You know what I mean? So, yeah, who knows? But I mean, it must be, Brazil, it must be working in some in some fashion. I guess, but Brazil is, like, super fucking ledge tech. So, who knows? Like, what's the difference between Brazil and Argentina? You know what I mean? Who knows? I, probably a lot. They're they're on the same continent, but I think they're pretty far away, and their uh, economies are pretty different. Different languages, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. What do they speak? Uh, Spanish in Argentina. Yep. Portuguese in Brazil. And it's be Portuguese and uh. Yeah, yeah. Great, crazy. And like, Portuguese is a crazy language. I took Spanish in high school, but Portuguese is pretty uh pretty nuts. Yeah, obrigado. Yeah, 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 obrigado. You guys know more Portuguese than I do. I don't even know what obrigado <laughs> means. Is that like a greeting? Is it thank you? Yeah, 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 thank you. Well, obrigado to Tony Moore for suggesting this topic uh, over Instagram. Uh, someone who surely would have had an opinion on Fallen's return is Jake Phelps. But uh, sadly, we lost him on March 14th, 2019. So Thrasher dedicated their latest issue to him with a lengthy feature and um, his presence was felt throughout the issue uh, including he's still listed as the editor-in-chief on the masthead and interestingly p-stone is still listed as a senior videographer along with you uh, and bowman jason did you do your homework and read the new thrasher cover to cover i did i did uh read the thrasher cover to cover full disclosure i'm a thrasher subscriber and i read it uh cover to cover do you read month. the music stuff uh, I, like, skim the music stuff, and I'll, like, you know, like, look through Apple Music and kind of, like, skim some of the artists or whatever. Sometimes I'll find out some cool shit. But, yeah, I do, like, I skim the music stuff. Like, I re I'll read it legit cover to cover, including the letters and uh, my favorite section, Envelope of the Month, which is, uh, well, they did it, right? They did do, like, an art installation in SF with, like, all the envelopes or a bunch of envelopes from Envelope of the Month. But anyway, yeah, they had a bunch yeah, of... A bunch of rad user submitted art of Jake in this. Oh issue. yeah, that was sick. But yeah, I mean, it felt like fuck. Like I always look forward to his writing in the mag. It was almost like uh, Bukowski esque in a way. Definitely a talented writer. Like reading reading this uh, issue, I didn't know that he had like fucking like three lives before he moved to SF. Even he was like a, what what like pre like whatever like late seventies skater in New England. Then he was like a fucking hardcore kid. Like he used to go to New York, go to shows and shit, even before he moved to SF. But uh yeah, I flagged a bunch of shit in uh this issue. There's two main parts. There's like one part where like basically every skater will like a bunch of like elite skaters and people like write essays and shit like Sam Smites. Sam Smites is sick. Fucking Christian Asoy, 
Lee Ralph's is really good because it's totally basically like nonsensical, like making no sense. It's basically like a long like poem. You know what I mean? And there's uh, this other section or feature where it's just a bunch of like photographs and Phelps is just commenting on them. It's just sick. So yeah, it's pretty heavy. If you don't subscribe, I would check it out because it's pretty fucking heavy. Yeah, that feature with where he's commenting on the photos, I was wondering how did they, it's like, how did they know to have that ready? Or like, how was it ready? Yeah, it, I, I was thinking about that too. That's one of those things where like the New York Times has like obituaries like ready to go for famous people if they happen to a path. But yeah, I know that feature was, was sick though. See, I, I talked to a buddy who'd, you know, been through the Thrasher offices and he he didn't necessarily tell a story or of Phelps like riffing on photos. I actually missed this section of the magazine, so I'm getting the mag right now. But uh, no, my buddy told me how Phelps would, you know, get a get a bunch of probably not negatives, but like contact prints or samples or whatever, you know, given whatever era it was happening in. And you just look at a photo, give it an up or down vote, make a comment, move on, you know, in or out, yay or nay. So maybe that's one way, you know, it's uh, almost a dramatization of what the guy might have done. I don't know. I'm going to find it right now. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're just like remembered stories that are, you know, this is a transcribing of someone's memory of what Jake said. We don't know. We should have <laughs> researched this before coming on air. But actually, I only read this today, this section, because there's so much writing in this issue. Yeah, I said this probably last episode. This this issue probably has more like text than any issue since like whatever, the late 80s, early 90s or whatever. They actually fucking they actually include one of those like mark gonzalez short stories that he used to write all the time but it's a reprint it's not a new one i got all psyched when i saw it and i thought it was a new one but it's a reprint from like 1997 or whatever see i saw that and i was like instantly hit some early thrasher stuff in my mind which i i was psyched on just on the amount of text it, it made me think um Maybe jumping off what Eben Sterling wrote, where, you know, he, he almost wanted to use an exclamation point, And then he remembered how Phelps would say, you don't put that shit in the magazine, you know, that they're, they're too cheesy. And it, and it just reminded me, like, Phelps was an editor, you know, that's, that's like a high editor position. It might be a, it might be an easy one. It might be a, a, a position that many an editor carries, but, you know. He was still a person who cared about writing and cared about maybe not the journalism of skateboarding, but something close to it. And it does seem like a fitting, fitting eulogy, fitting homage to the man to have this much just like shit to read in the magazine because they probably hit the brakes on whatever mag they were making and uh, got a bunch of people on the phone, sent out a bunch of messages and really put together, I think, something that's a good reminder that like Thrasher is a pro ass magazine. I think we like handicap skaters for their ability to do anything high quality. But like this is it, it made me appreciate the craft of Thrasher magazine quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, like it's a good value, man. Whatever, it's like sixteen bucks a year plus you get a free T-shirt. Can't beat it. I do not disagree. My one problem with being a subscriber is we always get the mag way after everybody else. You know, like the <laughs> skate shop got it. Yeah, a solid two weeks before it came showed up at my house. Yeah, so I, I think it's a problem like, with all like, magazines. I always see the new cover on Instagram, like, middle of the month, and then, like, I end up getting it, like, the 30th or the 31st. Right. Like, probably next week, we'll see the cover of the next Thrasher, and we just got it last week. Yeah, it's cool. Fuck it. 
Wait, another cool thing about this uh, this issue is they is they tell well Dennis Buzinus tells the story of why ostensibly he never got Sodi because he punched Phelps in the face. <laughs> ostensibly, like whatever you can make that inference if you want, but but Phelps offered it up. You know, Phelps in that story said you can punch me in the face because he crashed the car in the middle of Australia. So he he can't legally hold that against Dennis for that one. Yeah, yeah. Wait, didn't he? Didn't he say like Buzinus like skates in German or some shit? I, I've definitely heard that that's been said about Buzinus. Yeah, that's that sounds cool. plausible. Yeah, I think that 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 episode and like a lot of stuff that was mentioned in the essays that I was able to read, it was interesting that people weren't afraid to kind of not necessarily speak ill of the dead, but like Lance Mountain said, basically like he he couldn't hang. Like Phelps was too chaotic, <laughs> too gnarly. Yeah, and, I really like uh, that one. I should point <laughs> out, Pat O'Dell had that Vice piece that came out right after Phelps died. That was like, you know, if I saw him walking up the street, I'd switch sides because that dude couldn't hang either. And um, just to be that, like, just to be that type of personality where he's probably genuine enough and gnarly enough where people in like writing for posterity were able to be like. Yo, this dude was so gnarly. And I think even Mofo was like, we were frenemies. He was a dick. He was great. I miss him. You know, that that speaks to the power of a person. And frankly, I don't think I could probably have hung with Phelps either. But uh, I just I, I think it's impressive that people were um, respected him enough to speak their minds. And uh, if there's one other thing that like speaks to the power of the dude that I think I, I got out of reading what essays I could, Tony Hawk said... And I quote, I wanted to impress him every time he challenged me. Like, that's Tony fucking Hawk, you know? I don't know I don't know what that dude needs to prove, but that was something. Yeah, all the tributes were just really, really touching. And I feel like Thrasher really did right by by Jake, who wasn't a pro skater, but was someone that everybody in skateboarding knew. And it was cool to to like get to know him a little bit better. Because to me, he was kind of just a caricature. You know, I knew some of the the legendary Widowmaker rule, like you got to roll in first go, but never really knew his history. And it it was interesting seeing that. And you could really see his love for skateboarding and also his love for chaos and drama. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that Phelps is, is somebody who's irreplaceable, which in the Texas article, they mentioned that and they talked about how in the past they'd lost other people like p-stone and they were like you know he's irreplaceable but somebody needs to take on those roles to get the mag done and you know we ended up getting good guys and we like those guys now so whoever steps into phelps's shoes you know he's got big shoes to fill but I, i think that the mag will grow and evolve and it'll be okay yeah who do you think uh I guess because you need like an editor, right, to edit this shit. Who do you think it's gonna be like Burnett or whatever? That seems like the logical choice, I suppose. Yeah, I think the kind of working, uh, going back to that Eben Sterling essay, you know, the uh, Phelps had was doing less and less of like day to day office stuff. I, I doubt he was copy editing anything uh, in the last couple of years. They said he was out on the road and he was doing, you know, ambassador stuff. So I think Burnett's been kind of the the create not not necessarily the creative force but like the well <laughs> michael sieben is the managing editor by title but you know just like the the person calling the shots well phelps kind of like 
leads the way and or sets the tone is probably a better a better way to put it but it'll be interesting i mean i'm, I'm sure it's going to be fine i mean if anything this issue like proved it's a professional as hell operation but i do wonder you know what turns are out there what possible changes there are because the guy was a huge personality you know enough to enough to take every everything else out of the room so i'm interested and uh should we talk phil Shaw counterfactual yeah i mean word is he was being groomed to be the next editor after jake phelps but you know we lost Shaw a long time ago in a tragic car accident yeah man phil Shaw was a fucking stone cold ripper bro for sure no doubt no doubt about it yeah, died 1998 yeah i i never got a sense of who phil Shaw was as a writer or as a mag person because i think in 1998 i wasn't paying that much attention to the words in the magazine i just wanted to see the photos and get stoked and go skate so i wonder what what his voice was or would have been he went to berkeley right like he graduated from berkeley so he's probably pretty uh astute as far as writing and shit goes i assume but like yeah my main thing i remember about this i was like he had a 401 profile and he went to uh i guess the sink offices and they were like listening to a uh, morrissey or whatever no, not or whatever. They were listening to Morrissey. And that was tight. But yeah, Phil Shaw was tight. Yeah, that that sounds right. I was going to mention that. We might have ended up with a with a more slap-like thrasher. Who knows? Not to, my, not to make light of a situation, but, you know, it's interesting where things could have gone. Well, how did slap come about anyway? It wasn't that like, uh, like Lance Dawes was like a uh, worker in the dark room or whatever. And they were like, hey, like, do you want a mag or whatever? Like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah, something like that. I think that uh, they covered that on Chrome Ball Incident, uh, their interview yeah, with yeah. Lance Dawes. I always liked Slap. Slap spoke to me way more than Thrasher did as a kid. Man, yeah, dude. Man, those first, like, 12 issues of Slap with, like, the weird sizes, you know what I mean? And, like, the weird paper. That was so sick, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I got a one-year subscription. I They just never cut me off. I probably got five or six years out of that one <laughs> subscription. Damn, I gotta, I gotta think. High speed has, uh, has professionalized, but who knows? Yeah, I well, figured that they just, you know, we'll just keep this guy, keep sending this guy magazines so that we can count him as a subscriber. <laughs> but who knows? I, I read every one of them, um, or at least looked at all the pictures multiple times. Yo, shout out high speed. Don't shut down the message board. Shalom. <laughs> For real, the world needs the slap message boards. I thought it was interesting that there were a couple of other articles outside of the ones focusing directly on Jake Phelps. There was the Texas Massacre or Texas Hellride, whatever, the thing that they did at South by Southwest. They, uh, they found out about Jake's passing the day that this event started. So that was like looming over what they were doing wow. the whole time. That must have been really heavy for them. And then there was also another, was it a Hellride or Skate Rock tour that he was on, which I'm guessing is probably the last thing that he went on. And he was, yeah. he was looking pretty old. And in that, there's a little story about Jake falling down some stairs and then nearly drowning in, in the ocean. And uh, he, when he came back to kind of lick his wounds, he sat down and muttered, senior moment you know the guns had one of the, one of my favorite essays just for how um kind of heartfelt and straightforward it was and he did say he wished oh, that yeah, bro. he could have gotten phelps to wear a helmet but 
Yeah, we got the old, you know, old man with the with the gray mustache. I'm looking at that now. When I first saw this this magazine, I was like, "Fuck, it's gonna be a bunch of old shit." Like, I don't care about that. But I was actually pretty psyched on the whole thing. What about you guys? Like, did you guys have some preconceived notions when it came to you, or and like, how did it meet up to those? No, I mean, like, I thought it would be a bunch of like uh, eulogy type essays. Like, which it was, like, it was sick to see, like, Julian, you know what I mean? Julian wrote some shit, that was tight, like, you know, Mark Gonzalez, of course. Those are the most notable ones for me, like, the uh, the newer skaters probably came up with shit that you thought they would say, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Julian, Mark Gonzalez, you don't see them writing shit like that too much, so that was pretty tight. Yeah, what about you, Mike, what did you think? Or like, what did what did you think before you opened the mag? What were you expecting? Well, maybe maybe right after I opened the mag and just saw the number of essays from all those contributors, I thought, you know, are we are we gonna be in for maybe cynically so thought like maybe this is like some hagiography of Jake Phelps and I think a lot of the younger skaters, what younger than thirty, younger than forty, I don't know where the line is, but a lot of the dudes did just write what you'd have expected but um just the number of folks who wrote really heartfelt and honest stuff i think did surprise me and uh you know it it was an honest accounting of what a person meant to these other people and like you know really powerful personality as i kind of touched on earlier so you know i'm not too sentimental about new magazines that come through my house I, i i learned Within like the last year, how to recycle mags within the first couple of months of them showing up at my house, but I'm keeping this one. And uh, no, I think I, wait, hold up. You don't keep them like in a mag. You don't keep them like in a like a magazine holder in chronological order on a bookshelf. I mean, I got some There's some something. mags of a certain age, but uh, no, I I had to break habits. My wife wasn't having it anymore, so yeah, I I, I broke that out, but. But I, I think this one's worth having around, and it's it, it's like a reference point. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. I think it's, no, you yeah. know, they, they did an incredible job. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, fuck, just so, like, I'm a weirdo or whatever. I keep all the thrashers in, like, uh, whatever you get, those, like, magazine holders from Staples or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just keep them all in chronological order on a bookshelf. Like a fucking librarian. <laughs> nice. Well, look back library. We'll we'll be happy to inherit your collection when you pass away. Yeah, dude. I'm so good. They're they're coming by like whatever June 26th. Looking forward to it. They're coming to a venue. Shout out venue skateboards. Nice. Well, um, it might just so happen that I am stoked on having seen the look back library this past weekend. Should I do what oh, I'm stoked dang. on, Templeton? Yeah, yeah. We're we're stoked on hearing what you're stoked on right now since we had that awesome transition. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a hash mark for a good transit transition. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I know we were talking about Look Back Library last week. Uh, it seems like uh, you know 60% of our content for the past two weeks has been talking about magazines. What's going? But uh, yeah, we had Kevin in the Look Back Library rolled through Familia HQ this past weekend. It's cool to get a lot of get your hands on a lot of those old magazines and i mean it is a true nostalgia rush and a a couple of us old dudes were bummed that there weren't more 90s stuff but it just underscores like how rare a lot of those magazines are and how you know 20 plus year old magazines just aren't that easy to get your hands on so like they don't have a lot of like whatever like the first 12 big brothers or the first 20 slaps or whatever they 
I don't remember for the one at Familia. We were looking for like mid nineties Thrasher mags, and the yeah, collection, yeah, yeah, yeah. the collection went back to like ninety eight. Yeah, uh, it got out some like former Minnesota pros. Justin Lynch was there, I think, to sign a Power Edge cover of his, and um, St. Paul's finest Jeremy Reeves actually had a number of covers for various magazines a couple years ago. Dude wrote for City and Nike for those uh, who need a little context. And he's back in the Twin yeah, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that guy was a ripper. That was a ripper. He, he still skates super well and like runs a, runs a kitchen. He's a chef now. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was cool. They couldn't find Jeremy, though. We, somehow nobody has his number. We only have him on Instagram. It also reminded me, and now that I've uh, I, I already claimed Lakai Repflow in this episode, I feel even uh, probably more embarrassed actually to 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 point out. I joked with someone at that thing that uh, I have one cover to my name. It was for Stuck Magazine, which was like a it was a newsprint tabloid sized monthly magazine, bi monthly magazine every two months. That I'm pretty sure it was like run by a conglomeration of like Midwest sales reps. So it'd have sections of like, who's on your rep flow program? Jeez, all, <laughs> all, all roads lead back to this, man. But, uh, like, yo, how do I get on rep flow for somebody? Like, I think the budgets are gone. I'm sorry. New balance. It's, it's gone. It's not a thing anymore. I'm not. I'm sure the not. reps are still flowing. Flowing people. I'm trying to get on Replo for fucking somebody, dude. Someone send me a box for Replo. You need to talk talk to your your boys at venue. I think talk all <laughs> all Replo starts at the shop. Starts so at the shop. All right, I'm a, I'm, it does. I'm a, I'm gonna I'm I'm swing by and see if I can like start repping. Fucking get on Replo for something, dude. So um, my 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 final bullet point. Yeah, they uh, the look back library was not able to find my stuck magazine cover. I did not get to sign anything. And um, just so that I, I, I was put in my place, I was reminded after I brought that fact up, my, my one and only cover, which was like a three-quarter made trick that kind of made it. It was a frontside rock. Yeah, I don't know. Ooh, I was reminded. Did you make it later? Did you make, if you made it like the next day, it still counts. Like if you made it, you know what I mean? I like rolled out. I, I got out of the front rock and like dug my heel into the flat bottom or whatever, you know, there was of a flat bottom on this thing I was skating. Didn't really make it up the other wall, and there was no other attempts. So maybe it was only a 66% make. Who knows? Well, wouldn't be well, the first clean. Uh, well, I'm looking at the cover right now, which you linked in our show notes, and it's a pretty sick photo. Thank you, Sam McGuire. Nice. Sam's awesome. Um, just, just, to, just to, you know, put myself in my place, final point, I was reminded after bringing up my cover... And I quote, "Stuck Meg ain't shit." So that's what I was told when I <laughs> when I <laughs> tried to pump myself up. So, hey man, you gotta take the covers where you can get them. Here, here, Jason. What are you stoked on this week? Welp, uh, I finally got my hands on a physical copy of "Bless the Supreme" video. Uh, I was watching it earlier. Still a pretty fucking sick video. I think I'm not like a skate perception type of guy. I think it's in like four or three format i don't know but i was pretty stoked on that because i'm kind of a uh, physical media completist and in addition to that i'm stoked on the good homie lou sarowski lurker lou's video part 
premiere, which he did on a uh, a truck, I guess, with the LCD screen driving around the city or whatever in New York. And I was psyched on it because it's almost like some fucking like Blade Runner type shit. Like, you know, like in Blade Runner, they'd have like big ass projections from like lady or whatever doing some shit like you know what i mean it's like some like mad futuristic <laughs> futuristic type shit like that so pretty psyched on that sick part too like the spots that he comes up with are like fucking like quantum level new york area spot seeking like even beyond like pulio it's like the fucking worst areas you could possibly think of but he found some six spots and uh yeah it's six part but um purple shoe loop part i guess it's on quarter snacks if you want to watch it yeah, that part was sick. I thought the the van uh, premiere was a stroke of genius. You know, that felt like something mm-hmm. that you know Nike or Adidas or a big brand would have done. Oh yeah, dude. Just this dude did it, and I think that's so rad. Somebody should hire Lurker Lou as their creative director for their brand or for an event or something, uh, or at least Repflow for something. <laughs> Get that man on Repflow. <laughs> Repflow, damn, dude. Yeah, I think Quartersnack said it was like a matter of minutes before one of the big brands stole the idea of a premiere on a box truck. So <laughs> he was on to something. Yeah, that's a fucking that was a fucking genius idea, damn. Cause like no one likes to host premiere because the skaters are fucking the worst. They like smoke weed, they sneak in like whatever, eight beers a piece. It's the worst, <laughs> dude. No one wants to deal with that shit. It's a fucking genius idea. Oh, yeah. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on Jamie Thomas's appearance on the Looking Sideways podcast, which is a podcast I'd never heard of until this week when somebody on Slap mentioned this Jamie Thomas episode and then somebody else mentioned it. So I was like, fuck, I got to listen. And it's it's really interesting. Jamie kind of talks about kind of the next phase of his life and how skating isn't his number one priority anymore. Just he was super open and just is a really interesting and different side of Jamie to see and kind of made me think about all pro skaters and how how they are at the end of their careers, you know, what they must be going through. Uh, Jamie Thomas is, you know, seems like he's in a, a place where he's financially stable enough that he can chill out and take some time to figure out his next move. But I'm sure there's lots of pros who reach the end of their career and don't have much in the bank and don't know what to do with themselves. It was interesting. He's talking about going back to school and just kind of reprioritizing and talking about how he decided not to go on a trip to Barcelona for the zero video. And just, just super interesting. Um, Jamie Thomas seems like a great interviewer who's super open or an interviewee who's super open. And, you know, he talked a lot about, the flaws that he has with himself so it's a, just a great interview with jamie thomas um, that's totally different from any of the interviews he's ever done before so check that out we'll link to it in the what's, show notes what's he going to did he say what he was going to go to school for because I, I, for some reason i'm like jamie go get an mba that would be so sick <laughs> yeah an mba would be really wise uh he said like communications which okay. I have a communications major, and it doesn't really feel that valuable. I think it'd be more valuable to have something more focused, but whatever. Like, when I went to college, like, all the, like, business school guys always walked around in, like, three-piece suits or whatever, like, every day. Can you imagine Jamie Thomas, like, 
walk around in like a three piece suit every day at like whatever San Diego State Business School, whatever the fuck. I I I imagine him dressing like Hessian business casual. So not a three piece suit, but like he looks cool, but he looks way more dangerous than the other MBA students. I just feel like uh, he's got a demeanor that would, that that would suit business school. Yeah, he's definitely a killer uh, businessman. I guess, man, he definitely killed it in that in that realm for sure, dude. So yeah, fucking go for it, dude. Jamie, take our advice when you listen to the Mostly Skateboarding podcast. We know he listens, so Jamie, um, get get in that MBA program. That's our show for the week. Tune in uh, next time where we'll talk about whatever's going on in skateboarding. Uh, Jason, where can the people find you online? Welp on the Twitter at Carbonite1994, on the Instagram at Frozen Carbonite, and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com new stuff coming soon coming soon working on some stuff nice mike where can the people find you online i'm uh, both on twitter and instagram at m munzenrider and uh read more about me on the stuck meg rep flow listings <laughs> <laughs> we'll link to that in the show notes uh you can always find me online uh, on Twitter at Mostly Skate, on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. Uh, also, if you fuck with Tumblr, follow the Mostly Skateboarding Tumblr, mostlyskateboarding.tumblr.com. <laughs>